Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Logbook, specifically episode 23 of The Logbook. This is a podcast where two friends get together to talk about the latest news and anything else that's on the top of their minds in the world of video games. I'm one of your hosts, John Patty, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, James Robinson. James, but Diana asked you this week, what is your least favorite house chore? Oh, my least favorite house chore. Hmm, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. All of them? No, I won't accept that. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Probably cleaning the bathroom. Hmm. Not not a big fan of that. I I'm fine with any cleaning. Clean n- cleaning is never a thing that bothers me. Like in terms of like of all the like I guess the broader categories of stuff because there's like organizing decluttering kind of stuff and then there's actually like scrubbing clean and washing of those kind of two differences i much prefer scrubbing cleaning and washing doing dishes you know cleaning a surface you know i uh i mean i have no problem doing dishes don't mind that um i don't mind like making my bed or organizing my room which i don't really do that often but it's every now and then getting rid of stuff that's I don't know. It's kind of therapeutic sometimes just to be like, oh, yeah. I don't need this shit anymore. Just throw it in a box. And I was able to do that when I moved out of my uh, my old house and moved into my dad's place where I am now. So uh, that was good because I got rid of a lot of junk. But yeah, cleaning the bathroom, I've never really enjoyed doing that. That's a probably a pretty fair one. Mine is not even a whole chore. It's it's the second and final half of the chore, and that is folding laundry. I oh, yeah. fucking hate folding laundry so much, and my Has, gr- my girlfriend yeah. of the show also hates it. Does she? And we are she, like, she taught me. No, a way we're of the folding. worst. We're the worst. Well, that's because her Portuguese grandma is like okay. just I'm the most very, clean, I'm tidy, organized person. Good at it. I need I need my girlfriend of the show, Christina, to show me how to fold properly. She worked at Roots, so she mm. knows how to do that quickly. Like I see some people like you see like a a TikTok or a tweet or something of people like folding so quickly. Like, how the fuck do you do that? And yeah. I, it's I, just it's impossible. It's it's just how tedious it is. Like yeah, no, laundry's not an issue because because you, you you take the big load and you you get kind of throw it. It's more of a visceral thing. You're throwing it in this big machine that's gonna scrub out all the your your nasty stuff as you get mm. you, you collect on a day to day basis. And it does that bulk of the work for you. And there's satisfaction with putting it in the dryer and then smelling it. In the, you know, after it comes out of the dryer, with the warmth that's all satisfying and good. And then it's just fucking about putting that laundry on the bed sitting there and just being your own little conveyor belt assembly line of folding. And I hate it so much. And we, my girl, Rosemary and I are just the worst for each other in that one regard because we both hate it. And in fact, our laundry from three days ago is still sitting in the bin because we're the worst with that. I, one thing. Yeah, I I did do that a lot. I've been better since I've moved here because I feel like moving into a new place lets you kind of create new habits, get rid of some old ones. But I used to do that all the time where I just live out of my hamper for like a clean Mm -hmm. hamper. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) Of course. I'm not putting on, throwing on dirty clothes all the time. But yeah, clean hamper, just live out of that until all my dirty clothes are piled in the corner. 
and then I fill up the hamper again and take it downstairs. Yeah, that used to happen brutal. a lot. So I guess that's yeah, that's probably one of my least favorites too. But this isn't a podcast about folding laundry or chores. Yeah, we don't we don't want to talk about laundry cycles. We want to talk about the news cycle. James, start us off. That was beautiful. Thank you. Um, so it was kind of a big week for PlayStation. Well, really a big like two days for PlayStation because yesterday they, or was it all yesterday? You know what? I think it was mostly yesterday. It was most of yesterday. Yeah. So they announced like, I think it was at like 11, 10 or 11. They said, okay, today we are every half an hour starting in 15 minutes we're announcing a new indie game or giving an update on a new indie game coming to PlayStation. And they just did that out of nowhere. That was a cool surprise to wake up to. Uh, mm-hmm. So we got some cool reveals. I think the only one that I was particularly interested in was actually the first one, which was a co-op game called Agent Tango. Operation Tango. Operation Tango, yeah. Operation Tango, which is a co-op uh, asymmetrical co-op game where you one of you plays as uh, an agent, one of you plays as a hacker, and you're just trying to complete tasks together, get through levels. And I haven't really played an asymmetrical game like that, so I, you know, I texted you about it and said we should play that together. So we might end up doing that in the future, which would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Everything else was not really for me. Fair. How about you? I'm trying to remember what all the other ones were. There, even though I don't own PlayStation VR, there was that one 3D jigsaw puzzle game for VR. Oh, yeah. yeah it was like a city cool. builder. Yeah, that was pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it seemed really relaxing, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but the my main thing that I've, and my, I and uh, quite a few people have been waiting for for some time was the confirmation of confirmation. I could just say a release date for uh, Disco Elysium, the final cut which is where, where it would bring the game to console, specifically PS4, PS5, and then also provide that same extra content and graphical boost performance to the PC version that already exists. Uh, Disco Elysium, for those who don't know, is like not just your average indie hit. It, it really got like tens borderline across the board like when it came out for reviews. Uh, it is a sort of isometric view, uh, top-down isometric view, I should say, uh, of this detective in this sort of grimy dark city uh with some noir vibes and just sort of you know very narrative driven but specifically what uh makes it stand apart from other stuff and what is widely celebrated for was the progression system and how decisions get made and that is it's very much like a tabletop role-playing game in the sense that you you roll for stuff and it's truly random and you could you could have a run end terribly in the span of like a half an hour and then you have to try and restart again or you can have an entire run of the campaign go through but based on x roll and y roll and those decisions completely alter the outcome and all that kind of stuff uh and you just never know what you're going to get and kind of there's this cool skill tree system with really engaging rough dark characters I definitely want to try it out. Definitely going to get it on PS5, but it comes March 30th. So that all sounds super interesting. It also sounds like it's not for me. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. yeah I, I, just, I I hear all that and it's like, 
wow, that's pretty cool. I hate RPG. Well, hate. I don't hate RPGs. I can't get into RPGs. And even though I am playing, well, I haven't played in a while, Dungeons and Dragons. So even though I've played a tabletop game and enjoyed it, it's a different thing to me, and I don't really want that in a video game. That's just not. Yeah, that's fair. It's not the kind of video game that I personally like. To yeah, play. you want more probably fluid, fluid immersion where you're not stopping. Where it's kind of less rigid in a way, maybe because to 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 make a decision based on a roll, you have to stop, roll, see what yeah. happens. Oh, what does that mean? Okay, it means this. Now I proceed. You know, there's. Yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, if I'm not talking for a while it's because there's a phone in my room and for some reason it's going off a lot right now you're just a busy important boy well and they know how to reach you they know how to call you Uh, bp if they want to reach you yeah hopefully it doesn't uh ring too much more but anyway john i know we have our list of news here but uh two somewhat big things i just saw pop up on ign Mm-hmm. that I'm going to throw in here. Actually, actually we're going to do the next, the next bit of PlayStation <laughs> first. So we've actually got two more PlayStation-related things, but I'm going to do the one that's on here first. So okay. uh, PlayStation has a Play at Home initiative mm-hmm. where they give... Well, they started it last year due to COVID, and they were giving games away for free or letting people download games for free. Mm-hmm. So previously this year, they had said Ratchet and Clank, the 2016 release, uh, you could download it for free from, I think it was from like late February to the end of March. So they announced 10 more games for this program. Mm. Um, They are Subnautica, Abzu, res infinite the witness and enter the gungeon those are all like regular playstation games and then they announced four playstation vr games that you could download and those are moss astrobot rescue mission paper beast and thumper and then on top of that uh horizon zero dawn complete edition will be free for a limited time starting in april um so yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of a lot of games. I think for me, I'm probably gonna only download Enter the Gungeon. Mm. Um, but uh, what about you? What do you think about all those uh, those titles? If I didn't already have Horizon Zero Dawn from my free PS4 bundle, um, I would have done that for sure. Yeah. Uh, but probably The Witness. I've heard. I'm I'm down okay. for some puzzles right now. So I've uh, I've seen it. It just it it doesn't look like it's for me i don't think but maybe i'll look into it a bit more it is free so maybe i'll give it a try um yeah but yeah i i bought horizon zero dawn for i think nine dollars oh it's really cheap yeah it's pretty cheap but this always like i feel like this always happens like i buy a game and then it's on sale like a week <laughs> later or it's free a week later yep. like this happened with Maneater. Uh, that ended up being a PlayStation Plus monthly game. I had already bought that on sale. And it just happened with uh, Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. It was on sale for, I got the complete edition for $27. Which is still good. Which is great. It is great. But mm-hmm. then this week, 
It's on sale for $18. Like, what the hell? Yeah, I could have saved 10 bucks on it. That's, uh, dude, I think I think you've got to stop buying video games forever. Forever. That's the yeah. clear conclusion I here. I think that's the conclusion. Breath of the Wild 2. If, if you buy the Breath of the Wild sequel, it'll be on sale for 50% off the next you know week. Of I'd, be helping, I'd be helping a lot of people out there because Nintendo games never go on sale. That would, that's true. That would be very gracious of you. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that was just a, a cool, you know, playstation thing that happened on the same day as the indies i'm pretty sure i didn't actually record the i dates. think so yeah days are kind of blending together as i'm sure everybody is aware <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so there was that uh and then today they announced the um or they showed off the controller for playstation vr2 mm-hmm. uh which looked pretty cool it's like this uh this orb kind of design that goes around your hand it's got the haptic feedback, the DualSense technology and stuff. Uh, I'm surprised they announced that so soon after saying it's not coming out this year. VR isn't mm-hmm. coming out this year. But Yeah, me too. It's pretty cool. But the thing that was just, I just found that uh, is new now. PlayStation just bought uh, Evo, the fighting game championship series. Oh wow! Yeah. So wait, like, like as in, but isn't that an event? It's a, it's a. So they acquired Evolution Championship Series, better known as Evo, the world's largest fighting game tournament. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So um, it's unclear on what exactly this means for the event, but like that's that's pretty huge. I mean, I think. I don't think Smash Bros was there anymore anyway, but mm-hmm. like now it's definitely not coming back. <laughs> yeah, there's that and I think there was a lot of just issues with the Smash Bros community that we won't get yes. into that no, that, that I think that, that had uh, Evo blocking them out, but like yeah. Yeah, that's was not expecting that when you were like when I wasn't they, either. you were saying the words <laughs> Sony bought and I was like what company, what developer, who was it? And then it's like Evo tournament? Oh, all right. I mean, cool. <laughs> yeah, like I, I kind of wonder how people are going to react to that because I'm sure like some people would prefer to play like Street Fighter on Xbox or I don't think people play that on PC. But you know what I mean? Like some people probably prefer to play like Mortal Kombat or, or Street Fighter on their specific console. But now because most pipe uh, fighting games are multi-platform. So I wonder if that's going to mean they have to play them on PlayStation. My thing is, this is pure guess. This is not based on anything. This is outside of the news. This is just my personal guess is they probably the fact that they bought an event and a platform where third party content reigns supreme probably shows that their market research is like, yeah, this is a third party title that's available on all platforms, but the vast majority of people probably play it on Sony consoles mm. so that's probably that's like a, okay let's let's thought. swoop it up then uh, that's my best guess yeah that's uh it's a pretty good thought that could be it um very interesting though yeah moving on from that the other thing which you're not going to care about at all but some people will uh so you know how people are super annoying on twitter and keep badgering well maybe you don't know they keep badgering the among us account when the the new map is going to come oh, out god yeah yeah so they yeah, announced this one they announced when it's going to come out. Uh, it's coming out on March 31st. Mm-hmm. And they 
are adding a basic account system as well for uh, for mod purposes. Cool. I mean, so, yeah. Uh, there's info on why it took so long to uh, to get out, and it's because they had to make sure it worked on all platforms. Mm. Uh, and it's fucking game development. Like things take longer than you expect. People and have been, and that's five people. five people. I was just gonna say the the amount one of, of whom, staff. One of whom is just communications, like community management. They're not yeah. actually working on the dev team. So yeah, really. I'm pretty sure actually another person isn't actually a dev. So I'm really, I think it's three people. Yeah. Like there's, they're, they're all, the community manager would be like handling a lot of like the, the, the shape of the product and like, you know, getting yeah. the feedback and stuff, but like, yeah, but the, the, actual, the, the actual coding and stuff, the yeah. actual reason Design why it would take a long yeah. time, you know, yeah. the, the developers. Yeah. That's, um, it's cause it's on, yeah, it's on, is it on all consoles now? I know it's on Switch. No, no. It's on no. uh it's coming to Xbox later this year. Gotcha. And it's not on PlayStation. Hmm. So I I don't know if they have a, a deal or something or if they're just not gonna worry about that. Who knows? Cool. But yeah. Yeah, good for that's them. That's kind of a cool update. I will be playing that when it comes out. Hopefully it's not too you know problematic they were having some bug problems uh, a couple of weekends ago uh so hopefully this goes smoothly for them yeah hope so john i've been taking up all the news why don't you lead us into the next one and just take the rest of the news sure yeah i'm, I'm I mean, gonna um, take a nap take a nap real quick oh boy i'll mute for any <laughs> snoring um yes yeah, square enix or square enix i will always say both for the rest of my life um so apologies to both sides i always say enix <laughs> am i wrong do you actually know i think right? we're both wrong because matthew mercer the uh voiceover host for today's square enix presents uh, is what we're getting to uh he says square enix so uh oh. and in clarifying that fact i also talked about what the news was so yeah square enix had a presentation in a kind of nintendo direct ish fashion called square enix presents they intend to make this a recurring thing much like everybody else in the industry seems to be doing bye bye e3 um <laughs> another nail in the coffin um and that was today at around 1 p.m eastern uh on which today it being march 18th uh and they went through a host of stuff that was pretty much all announced beforehand except maybe save for one or two things uh just to tamper expectations and also you know just get people get the right fan bases excited for the right things basically um because this was i quite western focused there wasn't a whole lot of or if any actually really it's entirely western focused entirely western well, i mean uh, Alan, Alan, yeah. Alan wonderworld japanese developers but the rest yeah so sure. yeah the, the, this isn't really uh you know, your bread and butter Square Enix, like your Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy stuff, but is really good stuff like uh, Laura Croft Tomb Raider. You know, it's the 25th anniversary of that franchise. A company actually celebrating an anniversary. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? I can't really say that. Pokemon's doing it. Nintendo is doing it for Mario. So just Zelda. That's... Oh, that's right. Mario's going to die soon. Yeah. Yeah, man. That'll be an interesting episode whenever we learn what the yeah. death of Mario uh, brings about. Um, wahoo. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so yeah, talked about Balan Wonderland. Speaking of which, about the only Japanese-based uh, game in this whole showcase, I think uh, that is a very traditional uh, 3D platformer from the minds of like 
different, I think, Sonic uh, games. Y- and... Yuji Naka, who is the yes. creator of Sonic. Yes. And Nights into Dreams. That's the call classic I was thinking of. Yeah. Which is, that's the game. I've never played it, but that's the one that people thought this looked like and thought this was going to capture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is not the case at all yeah people are not too happy with it based on the demo however a lot of the issues that were brought up from the demo they say they are going to implement in a day one patch and the game is coming out the end of march i believe right okay yeah they say that but a lot of the problems like i watched a lot of gameplay of this Mm -hmm. i don't see how a patch can fix anything because it looks like it all looks like it's based off of like a design issue and Mm. like the level you can't fix the level design with a patch yeah. Or the way the character moves and and feels necessarily with a patch. Yeah, something something like, something polishing a turd something, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> There's a saying yeah. for that. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. It it just it just yeah. doesn't look good, and it it's a full price game too, and it just doesn't mm-hmm. look like it. But anyway, aside from that, aside from that unfortunate uh, outcome for that, or what will likely be an unfortunate outcome for that game, there was some really key stuff that was presented. Again, 25th anniversary stuff for Tomb Raider, including a collection of some earlier titles. Uh, I think a mobile game is coming out. That's on sale right now for $19. You can get all three Tomb Raider reboot games for $19.99, which is a steal because those are... Mm -hmm. I never actually finished the third one because I ended up getting rid of my Xbox and I just wasn't in the mindset to play it. But the first two are fantastic and I might just pick this up again. I don't know. Yeah, the I never played them, but I watched my girlfriend play them and they, she loves them. Uh, mm-hmm. They seem really cool. So play those if you can, if you want to, if you can afford it. Uh, there's also going to be other brand crossovers. Like I know Lara Croft's already in the Fortnite, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. There's going to be... Uh, there's a Netflix show that's that's been confirmed coming. Uh, there's Lara more details. Her Smash Bros. Anyone? Hmm. Uh, maybe Sakurai. I still, want, I still want that, but I doubt that's one of the collaborations they were talking about. Fun fact: one of the big rumors of Smash Fighters coming out is Arthur Morgan from Red Dead Redemption. I'm not joking. Anyways, that's uh, <laughs> not going to happen. Why? That'd be terrible. <laughs> if you had to have a cowboy, why not McCree from Overwatch? The Overwatch yeah. is actually on the Switch. Anyways, completely derailing. <laughs> um, the thing that excited me most, I would say, is at the was at the very end of the presentation, though. Uh, and that is a name, official name provided for, as well as some extra uh, gameplay and cinematic footage for, for what was formerly known as Project Athia, released in the, uh, or announced during the big pre-PS5 playstation 5 showcase like before the console uh, came out it is now called uh forspoken it is coming in 2022 on both ps5 and pc as well and this game looks fucking cool i've already i already thought it did and it still looks fucking cool to me it's not a motherfucking dragon yes that was a line that was actually spoken line the first line you hear from you uh, you sold me yeah um i didn't know anything about this game i missed that trailer that initial like uh announcement trailer of project athia um but this looks really cool uh the Mm -hmm. movement looks fantastic like the way she's running around so fast and just so fluidly uh it looks a lot like the pathless which has Mm -hmm. some of the best movement i've played recently um so yeah more of that i don't really understand yet what the combat's all about 
like how that's going to work if it's mm. uh it's not an rpg is it i don't think so i think it's a like an action game okay sure i i think okay. i, I, I wouldn't be square, wrong. square so i wouldn't be surprised if they do end up throwing rpg elements in there yeah and if they do and there are a lot of them that's probably going to turn me off from it but damn <laughs> hopefully <laughs> it's not too heavy on that and this is another game that i uh can get into yeah, I was hyped from the moment I saw it as Project Athia last year. And another big reason for that, not only just based on the merits of what has been shown, but also because uh, big figure in games media slash just kind of entertainment in general uh, from a behind the scenes kind of way. Gary Witta, who is a host of um, Kind of Funny, you know, like the YouTube gaming content show, Um He's a host there, but also he is a writer for various TV shows, movies, and games. Uh, he's the guy who wrote The Book of Eli, if you know that. The Book of Eli was starring Denzel Washington. He also was a, I don't know for sure, I, I, I could be wrong on this, I believe he was the lead writer on Rogue One, Star Wars mm-hmm. Rogue One, and he's written for a bunch of other games, and he's involved in this project. So you're getting uh what what i'm trying to say is project athia slash forespoken is a mix between book of eli and star wars <laughs> no 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 totally no. totally looks like it yeah absolutely um, so yeah but for that reason and many more uh forespoken i gotta get used to calling it forespoken uh seems great and it's coming out sometime next year and that to me was the coolest announcement at the square nx presents event yeah same here um i was kind of hoping for like a new tomb raider game but mm. uh Alas, that did not happen. Maybe later in the year. It's, I think that's probably happening, though. It's been the last one came out in 2017, I think. So, yeah. Due for one soon, maybe. Oh, very quickly, uh, just because it kind of transitions into this next thing. What was also announced for, well, not even announced. They just did like a sizzle reel at the very beginning of the Square Enix Presents uh, for Outriders, which is uh, People Can Fly is the developer creating a third person looter shooter game uh, that is supposed to be in response to a lot of the more negative cliches of looter shooters as we know them now, trying to address a lot of those issues while infusing an original story and also taking out microtransactions and live service kind of model. Um, That game has uh, very solid reviews and people are really appreciating the demo that's out right now or was out, I should say. And the biggest news that came uh, a few days ago from Xbox is that on day one of that game's release, April 1st, it's going to be on Game Pass, which is big news because even if you don't care about Outriders and it's not like the biggest third-party game in the world, it still sets a big precedent for Game Pass going forward when you can get big third-party titles like this on day one of their release date on the Game Pass service. This is all just an April Fool's joke, obviously. 100%, yeah. So don't take any of this. So I just lied to you. And uh, we were paid by Xbox to prank you. Get, yeah. get pranked, yeah. guys. It's just a prank, um, bro. It's just yeah, a prank. Yeah, it's just a prank. Uh, that'll be up on YouTube soon. Smash that like button. Uh, you can find it. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, and the next docket of news based off of that says Game Pass. But I can't remember what else I was going to talk about with Game Pass. It was James. just uh, that Octopath Traveler was going to be on Game Pass. Yeah. That, so it was announced kind of alongside with uh, with Outriders there which is crazy because that used to be, I guess now we could call it a timed exclusive on the Nintendo Switch back in 2017. And uh, since then it's been on, it is currently on PC and will be on Game Pass, which is super fucking cool because you should play that game. It's amazing. Not necessarily you, James. I know it's not your I know. Thing, but I know. <laughs> you, the general royal you. 
uh, should play Octopath Traveler. So Prince Philip and his... If he's if he's fucking able to, I was just going to say. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, that... Oh. Hey, that if we're, picture, if we're talking that, RPGs, he needs a health potion. That picture <laughs> of him in the car, like, <laughs> the, just Jesus Christ. It's, I shouldn't be laughing. You shouldn't make fun of an old man, but like, it you know, is, it's it's hard not to. It is weekend at also, Bernie's. Also, I'm okay doing that because Christina was showing me a bunch of, girlfriend of the show of Christina was showing me a bunch of quotes that he's said over the years. And it's just like some ridiculous stuff oh it's, he's not he's not a great person at all <laughs> won't get into that but uh, yeah. yeah it's uh i know that moving on john why don't you tell us the last final bit of news sure thing i mean uh let me just scroll back up here so i can see where i am I've lost my place. Is it my transition story, James? Yes, it is. Your I, it is story. my transition story. It makes it Thank a lot you. less smooth when you yes. say this is the transition But it's okay story. because it makes up for not being able to find it on the page. Um, anyways, uh, quick news story was that the developers behind Ghost of Tsushima were interviewed recently or were at least providing some uh, behind-the-scenes details of the process behind making the game uh, that so many people know and love and has became one of, if not the fastest-selling uh, new IP in PlayStation history, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. And, um, excuse me, hiccup there. It turns out that one of the most celebrated components of the game, it's combat, you know, that's sweet, smooth, slow-mo, combo-y, samurai combat, took the team at Sucker Punch six years to get right. Six years, mainly focusing on that one system in the game. That's bonkers to me. That's crazy. That's a long ass time. And it inspired us because you know what? Hey, taking six years to make combat means you really care about combat. And it is a vital piece to any sort of action-based and action-oriented game. And we figured today we're going to just talk about what our favorite examples of combat and games of all time is, you know, not all of them took six years to make, but Hey, hopefully they can uh, be of the same quality that goes to Tsushima. In fact, uh, provides. <laughs> we probably don't know how long any of these combat systems took to make because we didn't do also any research. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's not about research. It's about our opinions. And that's just exactly. so much more valuable. Isn't it James? It is. It's so much more valuable. Yeah, people people value our opinions so much more. Anyways. Okay, um, well, John, I see your first one, and let's just get it out of the way right now because yeah. uh, <laughs> like, um, we talk about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I had to say it just because like it objectively is my favorite combat of all time, but I'm not going to spend time talking about it because we spend way too much time talking about it already, and I'm worried that we might have to rename the podcast to something breath of the wild related if i keep doing this so uh but breath of the wild is my favorite combat of all time next oh that's all you're gonna <laughs> yep. say yep. okay uh, it's not it's not my favorite i love it it's great uh, oh. but it is not i don't i don't know what my favorite combat i'll just say that out of the way but i know mm -hmm. it's not breath of the wild i do have one thing to add actually i okay. I, I lied to myself and everyone around me when i said it was done the weapon durability is perfectly fine, and you're kind of a baby if you're uh, mad about it. I agree with that. I like the weapon durability, and I like the uh, 
I, I have no problem with the uh, the selection, the weapon selection. Yeah. Way. Anyways, now it's we fine. may continue. A wheel might be better, I guess. Maybe they'll change that, but Fair. that probably wouldn't. Well, no, I'll be fine. Uh, the only thing I'll say on Zelda is that I don't. I've never played Zelda for the combat. That's not that's the totally thing fair. that stands out to me. Like I'm playing, uh, I'm replaying Link's Awakening right now, the new one. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a, to- a top-down one, so combat especially is not a focus. But yeah. I make sure to, like, when you go through the color dungeon, you mm. can pick at the end, you can pick between improved defense or improved offense. I always go with offense because you can just take out everything in one hit and not worry about combat. And then once you get the uh, the upgraded sword after completing the secret shells, bosses just become super easy. And like that's not why I'm playing the game. So I don't care if the bosses are really easy. So unlike some of the best advice in NBA history, James, what you're saying is the best defense is a great offense. I guess that's what I'm saying, yes. Philosophical. Yes, that, nice. that is me. That is I. Yeah. Um, I've kind of, I've listed mine out, and I've kind of gone in. A, uh, not, Give of. me your favorite, and no matter the genre, but just in terms of perspective, because I think when it comes to combat, perspective is kind of where you really start categorizing. Stuff. That's that's what I was going to say. I've kind of so, tried to yeah. pick one in each kind of genre, I suppose, but I've got more third person combat styles yeah. than anything else. Yeah, cuz like I I separated mine by like basic third person, first person, and then like top down tactical. So yeah. like it, it all has to do with the yeah. camera angle, really. <laughs> basically, basically. Yeah. yeah. So I've I've kind of done a similar kind of thing here. So if we're talking like Behind the back, purely focused combat. Like the game is basically all about combat. Not much else. God of War 2018. I mean, I just played it, but it's still... That combat is fantastic. It's mm-hmm. It's got like a great level of challenge to it. It's very... Uh, like you can you can have these different runic powers which make combat different. Um, got a few different weapon options the way like heavy and light attacks flow together and you can do like stench changes when you can upgrade your uh, your attacks like everything about it it builds on itself really well to make a system that just feels really great to beat the shit out of some demons yeah it feels heavy it's just so fucking it is kerpow, you know. It's just the it's combat, fucking <laughs> It does have a very hefty feel to it. Like you can yeah. really feel the impact when you punch someone or slash someone with your axe, um, throwing the leviathan axe and calling it back is one of the most satisfying things in combat in any combat I've played. Um, yeah, it's it's just a really solid system. And I can't wait to see how they kind of evolve on it in mm-hmm. uh, in the next one. I, I'm gonna throw out a sentiment, and you'll you'll either be like, "Yes, that makes perfect sense to me," or "Stop it and move on, please." <laughs> it, if combat could be just dummy thick, <clears throat> it would be God of War. 
Does that make sense to you? It makes sense in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it makes perfect sense I, to me. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it really sounds like, yeah, yeah, totally. I'm sure. I, I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've never really thought to call combat dubby thick but I mean, you we, know call, what? we call combat heavy and chunky all the time i guess i guess we do you but know what dummy thick has dummy a thick. positive sexy connotation so why don't you we know what assign yeah. It? yeah i i, totally, I you know what? yeah i have um, another example of dummy thick combat okay lay it on me i got some dummy thick third person combat coming your way and that is monster hunter world um mainly because I don't I don't have much more to add other than what James already covered, like with God of War, because it's kind of that same you get that same feedback and sensation from all the hits that you provide and all the, the things that you're doing in the in the heat of a fight. But the reason why it's so good is because then you apply that those large sensations to really grand aesthetics in the weaponry with these giant axes that are twice the size of you these long swords that are twice the size of you and you know the monsters that are 50 times the size of you so everything so the 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 feedback in your hits and the speed at which you hit and the power with which you hit all plays into the less tangible grander feelings of 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 large scale around you if that makes sense it, mm -hmm. it, it it's dummy thick combat and dummy thick aesthetic um and i'm done saying dummy thick even though i think it's a proper uh, descriptor uh but yeah monster hunter world is like one of the first things that came to mind for me dummy thick could potentially come up in one of my later ones if you look at my list Whew, this Maybe. is uh <laughs> man we're <laughs> but uh i will i will try not to say it but I mean, hey, if it if it feels right, it feels right. James. I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, is is Monster Hunter World the only Monster Hunter play, game you've played? Just it is the second one I've played. What was the first one you played? I'm terrible with the name. Uh, the names are ridiculous. Yes. Once it, They're less ridiculous the, now, but yes. it's on the 3DS. The 3DS. Monster Hunter 4, Ult, 4 Ultimate. OK, I can't remember if I played that one or if it was three Ultimate. I it mine was for sure four and I liked it a lot, but I liked okay. World more because it had that little bit more accessibility, and I'm very excited for Monster Hunter Rise uh, okay. this March 26th. Because I could not get into the Monster Hunter combat; it was it was too slow for me. I uh, I don't like mm. the super slow. Like you really gotta wait for your hit. Like you really gotta wait for your moment to strike. I feel like in Monster Hunter. Like maybe I would have gotten used to it if I'd given it more time. Um, but it, it was just, yeah, it was just too slow for me. So I think God of War, it is also, you know, dummy thick, similar in that way, but it's just that bit faster mm -hmm. that you can still, you can still always, well, almost always feel strong and like you're making yeah. an impact and making progress on a health bar fair yeah i mean i i will in response to that i think those are that's totally valid because i felt that way as well on the 3ds one i didn't i didn't i didn't beat the 3ds i got pretty far but it just got quite tiring to me uh mm -hmm. like physically actually like the, the controls are comfortable but i guess i just got when you're that invested in that kind of content like where you're, you're hunting a giant monster i guess i just kept gripping too tightly and especially when you have to like you were saying time out your moves it really 
kind of just drained my hands and therefore I just didn't want to play anymore. But it translates so much better to a console. And that some hardcore Monster Hunter fans absolutely hate to hear that probably. But mm-hmm. to me, it just translates so much better to a console experience because it's more cinematic. And when it's more cinematic, I find at least I'm, I can't speak for you, but I don't mind those like moments where you have to to pause for tension and you're and waiting your for your moment to to strike right i probably justified i'd probably feel the same way because you know visuals and and atmosphere go a long way in making a game more appealing Mm -hmm. to me Uh, and i'm sure that's the case for a lot of people um yeah so i mean that's do you have other third person combat on your your list? Because I, I have do. Two more. I have I, two more. I have I have one that's not. Hmm. It's third person from the camera perspective, but not in the in the way we typically associate with third person combat. Of okay, I'm gonna spam a bunch of it's live action, and I'm gonna spam a bunch of combos right. yeah, where yeah. every button mash like controls this limb and this this move um do do you want me to say it or like maybe save it for i I can say it now i guess i mean it's it's it's, built up to it might as well yeah (laughs) xenoblade chronicles 2 uh it's mainly it is third person and it is not turn-based but it's not live action either because a lot of the attacks are automated and there's stuff in between that you can impact and develop skills and more knowledge on uh and the reason i like it so much is because of those things that i mentioned but also possibly more than any other game i've experienced um there is such a direct connection and and instant feedback to me between the 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 amount of damage you're doing and the stats you're you're taking in during combat and the gear and stat boosts you have as you progress through the game. Like if I get a piece of gear that increases my health, but also improves my basic attack and also comes with a trait where I attack a bit faster, I'm going to, in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, they let you feel and notice that all of those things right away. It's Mm. not just, I feel like some games and specifically RPGs where there are extra stats and and, uh, traits that that come with different pieces of gear. Being just a number. And and it ends up being a number and some of the traits don't actually stand out. Like even if it is objectively there, you just don't feel it. It, it, There's just this intangible thing I can't describe where no matter what, they always nailed the gear changes and I always got feedback on it. I always noticed it in the next battle, unless I was killing something like super low level that I would just one shot anyways. But if I was in a boss fight, it's like, oh shit, when I equipped that gem into that slot that improves my critical attack chance by 20%, I started hitting a bunch of fucking crits and then there's my healer character. I, I improved her healing, uh, when like there's a trait where the healing goes up when you, when somebody lands a critical attack and because now I've boosted my critical attack, I also noticed she was healing more. Holy shit. This feels Mm. great. And I love that. That's, that's, that's where the comp it's kind of a fusion of it's the marriage between the combat and the gear progression that i love mm-hmm. the most about xenoblade 2 and That's also about cool. the fact that it was inspired by final fantasy 12's combat system that a lot of people kind of shit on but just wanted to shout out final fantasy 12 i haven't fully played it i played a bit of it i do plan to revisit it because of my love for xenoblade um but yeah final fantasy 12 inspired that game in a lot of cool ways so quick little nod there 
that's cool like the the interplay between different traits or different perks like that's one thing about games where you have like a party of characters to control that can be really fun and mm-hmm. i know that sounds weird coming from me when i always say i don't like all the minutiae and the the nitty-gritty stuff but that's that's something that you know it's a little more strategic i guess um, yeah that's kind of like a fun puzzle to figure out at times mm-hmm yeah, that's a good one. I got uh, I got two more like third person, but I'm gonna I might save the other one for later because it's more of a separate genre. But anyway, like as far as third yep. person action games go, outside of like you know God of War, I guess. But another PlayStation game, uh, Spider Man slash Miles Morales, both nice. of them. Uh, the combat in those games really great. Um, really makes you feel like Spider Man. Oh boy yeah no (laughs) i'm not gonna go into that but uh yeah like it it kind of so there was a style of combat that the batman arkham games kind of pioneered it feels like where it was it was very simple like pretty much one one button or like very distinct um not one button but like very distinct actions on each button Mm -hmm. uh I mean, you'd know it if you played it. It's in uh, the the Mordor games. It's in the the Mad Max game. I guess it's mostly just very intentional control. I guess layout. it's mostly just Warner Brothers games. <laughs> yeah, seems, that's fair. It seems like they did use that combat style a lot, but it's it's good. It's simple, but it's it's good. It, it lets you take on a bunch of enemies with ease. Like you know what you're doing. Uh, You've got specific actions that can take out specific enemies and all that kind of stuff. So with Spider-Man, they kind of, I feel like they were inspired by that kind of control scheme, but they improved it and adapted it to more fit Spider-Man's character. So instead Mm -hmm. of a straight up counter like Batman has, uh, you've got, you've got a dodge and you've got a zip to enemy. So you can, you can, thwick them with a web and launch towards them and start beating the crap out of them and then you've got your jump button and you can do aerial combat and stuff but the way all of this flows together and you if you can get like a really great combo going Mm -hmm. uh you like all your gadgets and um and all the different moves that you have available to you oh ninu yes my my dog has entered the chat i'm distracted now (laughs) sorry Ah, ninu no (laughs) <laughs> what, what's, what's wrong bro? anyway i didn't Continue. say take him off the camera <laughs> he's he's just anxious okay, and good. flopping all over right now <laughs> um, uh yeah like getting combos and like uh using all your gadgets and figuring out how to fight different enemy types and prioritizing which ones to take out first mm-hmm. it's that kind of fast-paced combat with very intentional button pressing that i really like and i thought it does it it took a while for me to get out of the batman mode even though i haven't played those games in quite some time after like when i started playing spider-man i still had them kind of ingrained in me like i'm playing as a superhero this must be how the game controls you know yeah that's um yeah but once i did get a handle on the combat it just it clicks so well, but you still have to always focus on what you're doing. Like you're never, you're never turning your brain off entirely. 
Mm -hmm. And that continued with Miles Morales and they added the Venom strike powers, which were really cool. Um, Less gadgets, but Miles had extra powers. So there was kind of a a balance there. But yeah, that's that's one of the my favorite uh, combat systems that I've played in recent years. Yeah, no, that's great. And I am the worst. I still have yet to play the Spider-Man games on my PlayStation 5. Uh, definitely a point of guilt. Um, but just to to piggyback off of third person in general, I, I, I some of the more key games I have on here are first person. And I know, it, I'm just trying to see, yeah, both of them are shooters. Because I first person just tends to be shooters. And I'm wondering, you not being an FPS guy, really what do you have any first person games that stand out to you from a combat perspective or? Um, I don't know. I mean, like I, I could say Metroid, but I, I don't like I, Metroid I think primes, but I, I, I don't like it for its combat. Like the combat's fine. Yeah. But I like the world and the exploration and the puzzle solving. Mm, yeah. Um, but I guess as far as, actual combat because i don't know so how about this then what if if okay in order to make it a successful metroid prime game they have to focus more on the other things that you mentioned however you know some of the people working on metroid prime form have experience on fps combat focused games if they d- decided just to emphasize combat even a little bit more uh maybe with a multiplayer mode or something like that Kind of like what Hunters did, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. Um, wh- what would you think of that? I, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. Like if if it, mm. if it anything's going to get me into first-person shooters more, it's going to be Metroid. That's fair. Um, yeah. And if that comes with, like, if they do, like, a, a beefy single player and they also have a pretty cool multiplayer side mode on it, um, I'm down for that. Like, I'd definitely give it a try, and it's for sure something that you and I could, you know, could get into um oh yeah would i be good at it probably not but uh i don't know like i i like uh well i used to like advance or call of duty for modern warfare that was all right and i from what i've played of halo good stuff but again i don't really play those types of games anymore like you said mm. so uh whatever point you're about to make I don't know what I'll say. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I mean, I, my main thing was just I was going to transition into a game that is a first person shooter. But I also I, I understood your history with them. So I wanted to see what you thought first. If there was okay. a game that maybe I wasn't thinking of that you enjoyed. I am I am surprised to hear Modern Warfare that you're uh, I you, played you were it, a fan of that. I, I played it because of. I guess peer pressure. Because everyone else. Oh, 100 percent. I me too. But, but I, I ended I still, up loving it. But me too. I still did have some fun with it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my favorite first person, again, is going to be a shooter, even though it's not my favorite FPS game of all time, but this game has the best FPS combat of all time in general, in my opinion. And it is my, it is my reference point right now. It, as, as it stands, when I am looking at first person combat and how things control, how fluid it is, how responsive it feels and how, it helps with the overall immersion and like this, the skill and fun balance of it all. It's destiny Two, hands down. I've kind of already talked about this with destiny Two, So I won't get too much into it, but 
second maybe to Xenoblade 2. Actually, no, yeah, second. Xenoblade 2 is still the number one for this, but this also touches on that category of a great marriage between gear progression and actually seeing it in the combat. Not for stat reasons, because yes, even though you see damage numbers in Destiny, I, I'm i not hardcore. Like The only people who really pay attention to that in Destiny are the hardcore, like raid players and stuff where you need to like oh figure out what my dps is so i i could be good for taking down this giant raid boss i don't really go that much into detail but what i do care about is the perks and traits and stuff so uh beyond legendary gear there's exotic gear and you can only equip one exotic weapon and one exotic piece of armor at a time because they provide you a unique ability basically uh so the one that i have as a titan which is kind of like a tank who takes a lot of damage and they can put up a big sort of a laser barricade if you will is this exotic allows me to put up my barricade shield i don't know why i said barricade shield that's the same thing um and but i could shoot enemies through it at the same time while being protected uh so that's like a cool feature and then like there's guns that have special ways in which they do damage and all kinds of stuff like that so that's like aside from the actual physical movement and aiming mechanics of destiny 2 which just feels the best in gaming by far to me uh it's also that uh combination of the exotic gear uh and the the traits that come with it that really uh up the ante for me and i i thought like it's my favorite fps it's my favorite feeling fps game in the world right now Fair enough. I uh, I don't know if you knew. I did play Destiny One very briefly. Oh, uh, surprise, surprise. Yeah, but uh, I once again could not get into it. Did you play it by yourself? <laughs> I think I played a bit with a friend because I got it because my friend at the time told me to play it with. Was him. it Rose? No. Okay, because she she was big on. She would have told me, and I'm pretty sure. I did I ever know I don't think I did ever play with her maybe I did once I can't remember if I did or not but no it wasn't her I don't think it was her that was the reason I got it mm. um yeah but I I I mean I kind of liked seeing like you know the weapons had different uh like they had different elemental effects right in Destiny 1 yeah, there's three elements. Well, now four elements, but in Destiny yeah, One, three I mean elements. that that was that was kind of cool seeing that and changing changing all that up. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad that you uh, you like that combat so much. I just uh, first person has never been that accessible to me. Like it's it's never been that engage. Oh, not engaging is probably not the right word. It's just never been that. It doesn't much come naturally for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and like in general, I'm not, I hadn't been super big into shooters for quite some time. Uh, but recently, once again, PlayStation has opened my eyes to a lot of <laughs> new games to me. Uh, but I played the Uncharted series, as I've mm. mentioned on the podcast. And. I mean, I know probably cover-based shooters have kind of a reputation as being a little boring, um, which was definitely true for the first Uncharted. Wasn't the best. I still played through it, still had kind of a good time, but it was clearly pretty dated in its design. But the second one, 
I don't know what they did exactly. I think it was probably the maps, uh, the way the enemies came in, uh, like the arenas and stuff. It just flowed so much better, the combat in Uncharted 2. I think maybe where they where they had the different weapons that you could pick up and change into, it just encouraged me to like take risks and and just go for a new weapon and try to take people out while I tried to rush to cover again. Mm. And um, it was super fun. And then in Uncharted 3, I just didn't get the same feeling again. I don't know what happened in that one. But then in Uncharted 4, I got the feeling back. So I, I guess it's just even numbered our Uncharted games is what uh, what they do best. But yeah, and then in Uncharted 4, they added um, some stealth that was a bit better than what they had previously had. It's not great by any means, but it did allow you to, you know, sneak up on people, try to take them out stealthily. And then if you were caught and if you were under fire too much, you could get away and it would shift back to them looking for you and you could start over. But you could also do things like, uh, you know, fire people, swing from a rope, uh, from a, a line with a grappling hook, jump on someone and punch them in right in the face and then start shooting at them again. It's like the flow that was there and the amount of things that you could do uh, and was just super fun all the time. And the weapon variety they had was uh, was pretty great. Uh, grab a shotgun for just blasting people up front or like up close, but then you want to switch to a, a rifle, like an assault rifle and try to fire at people while you're trying to get back into cover. Um, so yeah, I mean, I haven't played that much third person shooters, but that's a standout one for me. And again, played it this year. So a lot of these games I'm talking about, I played in the last year. Yeah, no, that's great. I love, I don't know when I'll play the Uncharted series, but I love hearing you talk about it because just it, it reiterates time and time again that it's just basically in a good way. I know people mean this as an insult, but really it's just a fun Hollywood movie where you're just looking oh, yeah. at the most ridiculous. Absolutely. That's it, why I'm fantasies, kind of, right? Like kind of excited for the movie. Cause it's like, it's already a playable movie in a sense. You're like, sitting. you're going to be sitting in your chair. Uh, well, assuming we'll be sitting in a movie theater. Yeah. Um, just like button mashing a, a phantom control. Oh wait, shit. Like yeah. it's, <laughs> it's a movie. Wait, yeah. I, well, I, I, just wanna, I definitely am looking forward to seeing how that turns out. I don't have mm. like, the utmost faith that it's going to be a great video game movie because rarely they are except for sonic the hedgehog which i watched recently that was actually a pretty good time <laughs> hey and number two is coming that's confirmed i'm i'm now looking very i, I want to see the first i want to see the first it's one coming I, out, I want to be invested it's coming out on my birthday next year what a great birthday surprise for me that is a great birthday surprise. not surprise treat happy one year in advance birthday james thanks very nice let's go fast yeah. um so we've we've focused on i guess this is how i'll describe it with both third person and first person we're mainly focused on we we control the subject of the combat so like when you're in first person the, the 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 avatar that is aiming down sights it, that you are in direct control of, I, of the second. I know where you're going, so I'll say direct control is probably the best. Yeah, way to, there we go. We've been yeah. talking about direct control and moment to moment combat. Um, but what about any games that don't have it like that? Maybe more turn based. Maybe 
other, some other isometric view, what, something that doesn't fit those two categories. Are there, are there, is there combat that stands out to you in that way? Yeah, I was actually going to let you go first in this because I just talked about a game at length. Um, but what I was going to talk about in this category, another game I just finished playing, but uh, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle tactical Ooh, combat very nice fantastic against all odds it's a fantastic game <laughs> and by all odds he means the rabbits <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i like the rabbits in this game actually hey, i they are you know what? they're enjoyable. not as bad as people say they're not they're not as they're bad not as minions min- man they're not like, as bad on. as minions yeah they're not as bad as minions um dude this is the best like tactical combat i've ever played what really it's so good <laughs> it's that fucking good it's the amount of freedom that you have with that the genuinely excited your me. turn the amount of like because you can the way each turn goes you have three actions that you can take with each character so you can attack oh, wow. with one of your weapons you can move and you can do a support or like special move. Damn. So three three different actions. On top of that, during the movement, you can slide your cursor over um, an enemy. You can slide into enemies and do damage to them as you move, and then you can move yourself behind cover. That is so cool. And then if you're Mario, you can do that. And then you can do a team jump. So you can also do the same thing where you uh, slide your cursor onto an ally to do a team jump mm-hmm. where you can jump off your ally and move into further, like move further than you would be able to. When you do that, you move, you land and where you land, you can't move after you land. Okay. Yeah. But with Mario, you can upgrade him so that you jump off someone and then you do a classic Mario stomp on them on an enemy and then you can jump and land somewhere else. So you can damage yeah. the same, or not the same enemy, but you can damage people in a lot of different ways before you even use your weapon to attack them, which is That's awesome. Great. And different different rabbits have different um, uh, attributes to their their dash attacks. So one of the rabid peach can just do it a lot of times. She can dash mm. up to. I think you can get her to dash four different times into four different enemies. Damn. Rabbit Luigi causes a vamp status effect, which means that any damage anyone deals to that enemy in that turn, a percentage of that gets healed to you. That's so, that's one of my favorites. So things. like you've got a bunch of shit like that. And then in terms of the actual, you know, attacks you can do, like there's a really simple like uh, XCOM has when you are are aiming at an enemy there's a percentage of whether you can hit them or not and it can be any number but with Mario and Rabbids it's either 0 50 or 100 so it simplifies it so much and it just that makes all the difference cuz it's like you know for sure you can hit someone or you know if it's a risk but sometimes it's worth taking the risk to, to try mm-hmm. because there are also weapon status effects that you can inc- inflict on enemies um, that are really uh, unique to Mario. They're wacky and, and fun. 
but like man it's so good the freedom that you have in terms in your in your turn like all the shit you can do makes for some really cool setup setups and i'll give you an example so you could there's an ability that mario that all the mario characters have where it's like the overwatch ability from xcom so Mm -hmm. if an enemy moves into your sight line you get a free shot at them oh okay yeah uh so with certain characters, Mario and Luigi, you can upgrade it so that they can shoot multiple times. So Mario can shoot twice. Luigi can shoot three times. And he's got a massive sight line. Like he's the sniper that you get, basically. Nice. boy, Luigi. Yeah. Getting your dues. Proving his use. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, and then there are abilities or there are certain enemies that if you shoot them, they're melee attackers. So you shoot them and they get a free like movement so they start running towards you and that's not their turn so what you can do is you can set up overwatch on everybody get them into position you can shoot one of those enemies and have it start running towards you and then the overwatch will trigger so you can get them all to attack the enemy before it even gets to you that's awesome and then there's other abilities like there's a magnet dance which causes enemies to walk towards you there's one that causes enemies to run away from you so you can like combine those to have mario like your mario characters attack like those are the abilities rabbits have so the rabbits can go in close and use those and then the mario characters can attack them from afar when they're moving for a free shot So like just the amount of combinations of shit you can do is just so cool why is this game good it shouldn't be good (laughs) (laughs) no and i hope that like just for i I got this actually it went on sale very fast after it came out and i got it when it was on sale haven't touched it shamefully but just like lots of games i own um but now i'm very intrigued at that resounding review uh how was the difficulty overall did you have a do you have moments where you go oh shit like this boss some, is- actually there were okay. some the final boss was pretty tough uh there was another especially if you're going for oh the third or the yeah the third boss like the third big boss is very difficult for me mm-hmm. um but especially if you're going for like perfect and that basically just means doing it in the turn limit and making every character come out alive that's your only requirements basically okay um then it can be really tough and then there's challenges i didn't do all the challenge levels uh but there are challenge levels that can get quite difficult as well after the fact and then i've heard i haven't done the donkey kong dlc yet but i've heard that some of the challenges in that the main adventure is pretty easy but the challenges after that are like what the fuck am i even supposed to do so if you're looking for a challenge this game i think will have it nice i mean yeah dude i'm i've been kind of itching to get it back into some some sort of like thought-provoking tactical combat so that's something i might actually try out and uh i i had one answer in this sort of genre and category that stuck sticks out to me to this day not necessarily in the same ways that you went on about with with uh mario rabbits because i it's also just been so long since a that there's been a game come out and b since i've actually played one of the games in this franchise and that's advance wars uh on my i guess this would have been i I played game boy advance and the ds1 so but just both of them in general though uh in general it provides quite a bit of freedom 
not necessarily as movement based as like that those more modern 3d games like uh mario plus rabbits would have but really satisfying uh military based strategy in the way that you handle facilities and the perks that those facilities provide to your troops the different vehicles both aerial water and land um so all that stuff a basic tactical challenge and strategy level it's pretty straightforward but what i love the most is how tightly woven it is with the visuals because there's a risk with tactical games and i I don't think it's much of an issue anymore i think a lot of people caught on but um i think why it's especially not always the best for younger people is because there's not enough emphasis on the it's gonna sound bad but like almost kind of not enough emphasis on the violence of it all to be frank you know like uh, you know, you, it's kind of just more like chess where you move, I move X grunt to attack Y grunt slash uh, grunt A so like, falls down. There's, there's no there's no impact. To your actions, there's no impact. You're, you're not seeing the impact of your move. But Advance Wars changed that for me when here I was moving my airplane. OK, I'm going to move it up four four spaces and attack this 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 rally of troops at a base down below. And in front of your screen, there's a there's an additional like cutscene screen that pops up in front of the map, the the playable map that showcases like your helicopter shooting down all of the troops and then like the damage bar going down with the damage you've done. And those animations were very well done. They're very meticulous. Uh, and they're not gory in that way. It's only like a T for teen game. Visceral. But- very visceral it just gave you a lot of feedback to the stuff you were doing so i really appreciated that and that's something i always looked for in tactical rpgs going from then on out advanced wars is what started that expectation for me uh okay. and a lot of people miss that franchise i sure as hell miss that franchise and uh i don't know if we'll ever see it again but hey i got even, fire emblem three houses and it's, it's great for that too <laughs> i didn't even play it that much but i did like advanced wars like i played it more recently with uh, a friend on a pc emulator i think okay and uh yeah it was really fun i yeah. like because oh, i like i like tactical combat but i don't like it paired with super deep RPG stuff, which is mm. why I'm not going to play Fire Emblem Three Houses because there's yeah, a lot of that. That's fair. and that's why it took me so long to get into XCOM when I reviewed it last year. Uh, but there was a lot of stuff in that that just made me, you know, keep going at it. Um, but yeah, Advance Wars super fun. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get another one though. <laughs> Unlikely. Uh, Fire Emblem is kind of filling that niche for Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of mentioned in the, in the Mario and Rabbids one, um, status effects. And I think this is another game I've talked about at length that I love, but, uh, Hades does status effects incredibly well in, in the interplay between all of them. Well, not necessarily interplay, but just the fact that you can, you can stack so many onto someone if you know what you're doing. Yeah. And it just feels so good to just see the damage go down like that quickly because you've played your cards right and you're, or you got lucky and got the right uh, the right boon from a god and um, and are just able to wreck shop <laughs> like it's so satisfying uh, when you're getting through like 
I guess some of the later levels, if you've built your your kit, um, and you're just powering through, seeing all these like uh, these particle effects or these these just animations go off that represent you know the different status effects and everything. Yeah, you're just seeing it all come together and just. I keep saying wreck shop, but like that's just what it feels like. <laughs> no, definitely. I like kind of like when and I was talking. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and especially when you can do that all of that shit to the final boss, which I'm sure you know who it is, but I'm not gonna say anything because you haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but is but it yeah, Vishnu? Yes. <laughs> they take a real 180 and just yeah. change the pantheon that they were working with. Um, um, but yeah, especially when you can just stack all those effects on on bosses. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Dead, I, Cells, Dead Cells did that really well too, but I think Hades does it better. Again, I still have more to go through the Hades, but it's another example I that I talked about with Monster Hunter where the fundamental... Uh, operating mechanics of the combat sort of go in line with the nature of the game itself you are surrounded by slash kind of are a god so why not make you feel godlike when when like you know when you when you've learned enough of the game it'll, it'll reward you with being knowledgeable with the game mm-hmm. in making you feel godlike so so you're not just godlike right away but no, no. you know once you get good and you know how to stack some stuff hey man you're a god just like the people that you're uh, that are supporting you along the way so so i think yeah, yeah it's another good combination exactly. of those two things and then as far as the actual combat goes like it's the kind of fast-paced combat that i just i love um it, it's not like completely turn your brain off combat which i don't have a problem with necessarily because my last game that i'm going to mention briefly is kind of that to an extent from what i remember mm-hmm. um but yeah, it just, it's, uh, everyone just play Hades. It's just such a good game. <laughs> it is like, I, I, I know I've, you've experienced so much more of it than I have, but yeah, Dude, if you're I can agreeing with it. me based on like, you know, two hours of playing it, maybe you played a little bit more than that. But if you're agreeing with me based on that much, then everyone play it hundred <laughs> percent. Um, you know, James, I don't know if there's uh much more I have to add. Like, there's not really any other games that like to to me, because I, I I know the conversation didn't lend itself to that way where we kind of list stuff off. But you know, I still built a list to just to keep myself organized. I don't think I have any more standouts to me that that cover different categories of combat. If that makes sense. Fair enough. I'm just okay. So real quick, I'm gonna say as for the do turn your brain off combat Bayonetta two. I mean, not mm. fully turn your brain off, but I feel like it's it's good button mashing because you can make it more complicated if you want by learning the combos and stuff. But if you don't want to and don't care about getting a perfect score, you can still get through that game and it's really fun. Uh, it's got a satisfying loop of combat. Um, but again, if you want to go for those high scores, you can learn the depth of the, of the combat system and combos and get those platinums. Uh but yeah, I mean, the last category that we haven't really covered is multiplayer. Yeah, that, yeah, that's really surprising. So, uh, I mean, the only <laughs> one I was going to mention there was uh, just Smash Bros. Ultimate, because after 20 years, yes, 20 years of Smash started oh in God. 1998. Wow. They just have fine-tuned the combat of Smash Bros. 
to perfection, I think, in Smash Ultimate. Uh, I don't think you'll find a game where there are, well, A, you won't find a game where there are so many unique characters, but finding a game where they all feel so unique and all feel entirely different from each other, mm-hmm. excluding like Echoes and clone characters, because obviously, yeah. Um, yeah, you just, I don't know. And, and as far as like accessible party fighting games or like party games in general, like who doesn't love Smash? Yeah, like I, I wrote down Smash as like an honorable mention just because it is one of my favorite games of all time in ter- terms of combat. I figured you would bring it up though because that's just more your wheelhouse and expertise than me. I still love Smash. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, I've played a lot, but like that's that's more your bread and butter growing up. Yeah. I don't and, know if we got a chance to uh, to talk about it, but Pyra and Mithra came out. And no, we talked I, about it in the last I, episode a bit. Did we? Yeah. Or had they had they come out yet? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Maybe we hadn't had a chance to play them. No, we have not had a chance to play together. Well, you and I haven't, but I, I had a chance to play as the characters. Oh, since then, that's what I meant. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, I just want to say like they feel really unique, even though they're another anime swordsman. Uh, <laughs> swords uh, they woman. do swordswoman. Sorry. Come on um, now. <laughs> I'm just echoing the the complaint that people have, <laughs> which is anime swordsman. Yeah, <laughs> they they feel really unique and fun. Uh, they're they're a really great addition. And I was talking to our friend Brad. I was playing with him a bit, and I realized I don't think I've actually cared about the characters themselves, like of any of the fighters. Pass. Mm. I don't think I've cared about any of the characters in terms of where they come from. Hmm. Except for Piranha Plant. <laughs> but he's not old. Fighters Pass, though. <laughs> not fi- I'm, okay, DLC But that characters. is fair. That is fair. And Min Min. I liked that ARMS got in, but I'm still not that attached to ARMS. So I just yeah. kind of find that funny. Like, looking at the characters, like, I don't give a shit about any of these where they come from. Yeah, I think I I'm only I'm only attached I, to Banjo. Banjo's yeah, number one. Yeah, but we still bought the, the pass. I can still enjoy the characters because... Yeah. Sakurai knows what he's doing in terms of balancing and creating fun combat with unique characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's man. Smash Ultimate is just one of the most impressive games ever. I oh, think. yeah. And yeah. so, good. you know, it's like that's why in my honorable mentions as well. I always said just smash in general, because, yes, Ultimate's my yeah. favorite, but it's ultimately that was actually not a pun intended. Um, ultimately any new smash bros game is just an improvement on the pre-existing formula so it's not totally changing the game you're still appreciating smash for for what smash in and of itself is to its core yeah and i mean it kind of pioneered a whole new genre of game platform fighters yeah like sure there are a lot of them well there aren't any ones as big as smash like smash yeah. is the only major platform fighter but the amount of indie games to try to get into that space nowadays is uh pretty crazy like you got brawl out brawlhalla um rivals of ether those kind of games mm-hmm. that all have their own following because people love platform fighters and want to experience that type of combat because it can get really technical and really it's it's a very unique style. Mm-hmm. 
while we're on the note of multiplayer, I have two more, well, I have three, but two more of my honorable mentions that are very quick are also multiplayer focused, which is funny because again, in my main ones I wanted to discuss, I guess, yeah, it's kind of weird that I didn't go, okay, I mean, Destiny is multiplayer and stuff like that, but yeah, it, it wasn't the most online multiplayer focused or anything like that. But um, in general, you know what? As much as I don't play anymore, as much of it's kind, as it's kind of a meme sometimes with coming out every single year and just being a part of the the more fast turnaround part of the industry, you know what? Respect where it's due for Call of Duty. I really loved Modern Warfare 1 and 2. I put way too many hours into those games to deny that I I had a, a fad interest in them. I really appreciated the combat. It was so fast-paced. It was so fluid. Um, and it went hand-in-hand hand with my love for Halo at the time. Very, very different play styles and how they, they, they rule out, but... You know, yeah. If you if you were hardcore into Halo, you had to also try and be and dabble into Modern Warfare one to two because that's just those were the two games that just sucked up all my attention at the time. And the other multiplayer one is just because you looked at this family friendly company in Nintendo, and they had to look at themselves and go, okay, what's a what's a popular genre or a popular category that we have not tapped into yet in our portfolio, and when you mix the brand of the family friendliness and stuff like that of Nintendo with the shooter genre, you go, well, how the hell are they going to pull that off? But they pulled it off so much better than I ever expected Nintendo ever fucking would with Splatoon. And mm. I guess, I mean, why doubt Nintendo first party, right? But you know, it just, it was, that is such a daunting task to make a Nintendo friendly and not just Nintendo friendly, but nintendo a shooter that stays true to nintendo without forcing anything it's just an organic idea that stands out on its own and is so fun and is now going into its third uh entry next year with splatoon 3 and splatoon 2 is just one of my favorite games on switch i love the variety i love the traversal that plays a vital part in how you approach combat and what what a well, massive it's, success it's funny. it's funny because it's it's not even intended to be a game about shooting people it's mm -hmm. not even about the combat but you know you you still it still counts as that because there is yeah. that involved but it's yeah it's just uh interesting it, how that how that worked I, I guess that's a good point it's it's combat but also objective completion through weaponry if that makes sense, that, like yeah, you're, you're still trying sense. to cover territory and capture goals, which you don't have to kill, quote unquote, kill people for splat, but splat, splat people. people. Apologies, Nintendo. Um, but it helps. But it but it helps. It, and it is it is a part of the gameplay. And it still feels like combat since you're oh, yeah. using a Absolutely. weapon, right? Like, yeah, I mean, you so. still got four on four. Like you're still fighting against people, yeah. but it's in a different sense yeah it's just it's just underrated i don't think splatoon itself is underrated i mean it is in some cases but it's a wild success for nintendo and i think in the 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 hit in nintendo's legacy i have a feeling splatoon will go down as just an underrated underrated in terms of design genius for all the things we've talked about i don't think so at all i think people have have really like 
appreciated Splatoon. And just the fact that how successful it is, I don't think there's any way it's going to go un, un, uh, analyzed and unrecognized for all that stuff. Because, oh, no. like, uh, yeah, I agree. It's not unrecognized. I think it deserves even more praise. Is what I'm, like, oh, even yeah. more no, is what I'm saying. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Like, Splatoon is probably one of Nintendo's biggest franchises right now. Like, it's probably one of their yeah. big four franchises. It, it's become a one last thing franchise. Yeah. If that makes sense. huge. If you yeah. become a one last thing franchise, you're good. You're successful. For clarification, he means like they announced it at the end of a direct. Yeah. So one last thing at the end of the direct. To be a surprise. Usually, usually saved for a big announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in the past been like a Zelda game or a Mario game or something. Yeah. Or Xenoblade. I think they Xenoblade. Did, they did. They did uh, for definitive edition, right? Definitive, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's edition. right. Yeah. So, uh, John, how's your week been? My last two weeks, I guess, uh, have been pretty good. Not too much to complain about. Got got a little burnt out. That's why we skipped a week there, yeah. uh, folks listening. Um, I think James and I were both on board of just like, yeah, you know what? We're, we're, yeah, that's a thing we can do is just not record for a week. And that's, that's fine. Um, and it was good. I, I, it didn't make them the biggest impact on me, but I think it was just like that one little thing that went, went a long way, uh, in just, uh, chilling out a bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, we you know. played, we played Rocket League instead. And that yes. took a lot less energy. And, uh, it was a good time. It was a very good time. 10 out of 10. We hadn't done that in a while. All, all of us. We had a, a right good time of bonking. Yeah. <laughs> to be clear, uh, bonking the ball in Rocket League. Just yes. That's abundantly clear. Yes. Um. Yeah, that was good, man. Rocket, Rocket League. That's such a good game. Like, it's I know, great. Oh. It's great. Like, to think, like, who, you, you just know that the person who invented who came up with the concept of Rocket League was probably laughed out of the room, right? They had to have been. Just like RC car soccer, loser, you know? <laughs> like, uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Like, or at hard, least, it's hard to say because it's like, I don't think anyone who comes in, in a, with a video game pitch is ever going to be laughed out of the room because of the re- amount of ridiculous things that have worked. You know That's what I true. mean? Yeah, I mean they. I get they came up with uh, potentially involving spaceships in Breath of the Wild. So that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody pitched that, dude. Zelda in space. It's going to happen one day. It has to happen. Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, Fast and Furious Nine's going to space. So is Link. <laughs> gotta happen. Gotta happen. It's gotta happen, man. Um, but yeah, I haven't been up to too much. I haven't played all that much. I am going to hop on Animal Crossing later tonight because. A lot of new content coming down the pipeline, and uh, I need pipeline, to pipeline like warp pipes. Ah, that was I. Hey, I didn't think of that, but yeah, it's true. Um, and ultimately, just preparing for the death of Mario on March thirty first. Uh, yeah, you know, writing my obituary. Um, yeah. writing his, his obituary, obituary, I should say. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm, um, I'm going out with him. <laughs> <laughs> if you're taking Mario, you're taking me out too. Yeah. Um. And ultimately, just, just vibing, my guy. You know, like uh, vi- tired vibes for sure, but mm-hmm. uh, excited vibes for games, especially with Disco Elysium Final Cut coming out at the end of March. Uh, and then if, once that comes out at the end of March, hey, that's only a month away till Pokemon freaking Snapperoo. Hey, man, yeah. that's exciting. So 
You know how I said uh, when when we were talking about the Pokemon Presents and we were talking about uh, Diamond and Pearl remakes, mm-hmm. I said I was kind of burnt out in Pokemon. Yeah. I think it was specifically Sword and Shield that I just didn't want to experience again. Because mm-hmm. like I've been watching uh, like runs that this streamer's done. Like his he's uploaded the clips to to YouTube. Mm-hmm. And he's just done so many, I'm not going to attempt any of these, but he's just done so many crazy Pokemon runs, like uh, no damage at all, or uh, he's modded it so that you can't gain XP or that you lose XP <laughs> after each battle. So just... What? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy. Who is this, by the way? A uh, small ant. I have heard of small ant. He has, I think he's he's got, like, I think he came to be known because of his odyssey speed runs oh yeah that's, I oh, no i saw, have seen small ant before yeah because he also i also watched today one where he uh did odyssey in the minimum amount of captures so you can beat odyssey that's with right. three captures only three because of like weird glitches and exploits I did not know it was that it's low. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> Three captures. Yeah. All right, who's going to be the first to do the one capture? It, like, uh, I think that's impossible. I think three <laughs> is like the least you can do. Uh, but he's like activating two player mode because the movement you can do with just with the cap separated and he's playing with his foot. <laughs> and it's like, how the fuck are you oh doing that? God. But anyway, I was watching his Pokemon ones and it was just like, man, I want to play a traditional Pokemon game again. Like I would love, I think specifically because I, it's the one I I feel like I remember the least. I want to play black and white again, but I don't think I'm going to get to do that until they remake that. Um, And it just, Mm. it it just made me look forward to diamond and pearl more and make me glad that it is the traditional one suddenly, because it's like, I haven't had that experience in a while. And uh, it could be fun to go back to that. And maybe, because I don't want to try, I would never try like a Nuzlocke with um, with Sword and Shield. Mm, no. Um, for those who don't know what a Nuzlocke is, it's basically, there's a few different rules, but the main thing is you have to catch the first Pokemon you see on each route. Otherwise, you don't get to catch anything else. And if a Pokemon faints, it dies. You have to release it or just put it in a box, like a, a dead box. If it's dead, uh, it's dead. And you, you can't use it again. Yeah. Um, which is just a way people have tried to make Pokemon games more challenging. So I think if I'm going to ever do one of those, it would be on like a, on a more traditional one. So like diamond and pearl remakes could, uh, could be a place for me to try that out. But yeah, it just made me kind of reappreciate uh, Pokemon again and, mm. and just get that really feel more nostalgic for it. Um, but yeah, like as for what I've been uh, what I've been playing, as I said, I I played Mario and Rabbids. Uh, I finished that. Great time. I'm taking a break between doing the DLC, the Donkey Kong DLC. So I started Link's Awakening. Okay. Uh, and because I know what I'm doing, it was pretty quick. So I'm almost done. All right. Um, but it's great. It's still a great game. Still a lot of fun to to revisit. And it makes me really want another top-down Zelda game. Yeah, like dude, one. I'm I'm craving a new top-down Zelda. I, I'm because just it's just a different 
experience. Uh, it is. Like, the puzzle solving is just so unique to Zelda, top-down Zelda. You can't replicate that with a Breath of the Wild-type game. And I love Breath of the Wild, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but the puzzle solving is not the same as like unraveling yeah. a top-down dungeon. Yeah, it's it's more... it. It gives you the aesthetic you know and love, but it's more of that traditional, like age old puzzle solving satisfaction we have as humans. Like your yeah. your your crossword puzzles, your Sudoku's, your jigsaw puzzles. It's that more logic. It's logic puzzle. Very traditional logic based. To, uh, unravel a space. It's spatial awareness. Yeah, uh, and I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it before. But Mark Brown on YouTube, Game Maker's Toolkit. Oh yeah, he's great. Has a great series called Boss Keys where he breaks down the dungeon design of every Zelda game. Um and uh yeah, so he breaks down like the Link's Awakening one. Um and before I, I'd watched these before I'd played ever played the game, but he kept mentioning Eagle's Tower as being like really great, a really great dungeon. I love Eagle's Tower. And damn, like yeah, it's one of the best ones in all of Zelda, I think. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. It's fantastic. So yeah, that's uh that's what I've been been doing. Yeah, sounds like we've both had a decent two-week periods this time, Change, yeah. really spicing things up. I kind of fell off Horizon. I haven't picked it up again. Mm. I, uh, I just am not feeling that yet. <laughs> I haven't gotten into it yet. I, I hope for Horizon 2, they make, the, not only obviously just make general improvements from what the main criticisms are, but also like just make it story-wise still accessible for people who chose not to play the first one because now the more and more i'm hearing about horizon zero dawn i'm sure it is great in general and deserves respect but i don't know if i'm interested in playing it before forbidden west i just i don't know yeah i can understand that i mean you have it so you might as well try it at some point yeah yeah that's true and who knows you might enjoy it more than i do maybe i was just uh not feeling an open world at the time yeah. that I started it. I thought I was because I loved, I just played God of War and I was thoroughly enjoying that. But uh, I don't know. It's a little different yeah. than that. I will say I have to go cook right now, but maybe that can uh, serve as inspiration. Maybe we should do like a, a cooking game or cooking mini game based episode one day. I don't really know how much I'd have to say on that, but we can think about that. We can think about that. Uh, while we, we think about broaden, that. You know what? We could broaden it out to just like mini games in games. Yeah. That might be a good, a good topic. Point. I'm going to write that down right now. While we think about more content ideas, you can happily submit any content ideas or criticisms you have to, for us, uh, whether that's on all the major platforms that uh, have feedback systems like Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify, or you can leave us comments on our Twitter account at Logbook Podcast. Uh, please let us know what you think of the show, what you think we should talk about in the future, or anything else you have on the top of your mind. Um, we thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.